All right. Welcome, listeners. Welcome back to another episode, a post-World Cup episode of the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast coming to you live from Monday evening at 8.13 p.m. Eastern Time. What time is it in New Mexico, Evan? I can't remember. Uh, 6.13 p.m. Ah, perfect. Mountain time. Mountain time. 2023. 2023, baby. Um, it's good to have you here, listeners. Um, before we started, Evan was in the middle of telling me that he has just joined a soccer league. Evan, you want to tell us about that? It's true. I've joined a I've joined a um, a winter league. So our roommate actually joined the team in the fall um, and got me a spot on the team. So uh, we just played our first game on Sunday, and and we lost two to one, classic Everton style. With, like, <laughs> the lat like within the last like two or three minutes, we let in a goal and. <laughs> It felt oh. so bad. It felt so bad. Um, but I will say, um, and this was this was a mistake. But I, uh, so there's one team in the league that had to drop out of the league completely. Hmm. Um, and so people from around the league are just hopping in where their games were and playing against the, the other team they're supposed to play against. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'll do it. I've been running. Um, I seem to, you know, I seem to feel okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go play both games and I'll just, you know, I won't go too crazy. Um, because the first game was going to be, um, the one where we're filling in. I see. And, and then we were going to play our game immediately after that. And it's two, uh, it's seven V seven. Um, so you've got a goalie with a small goal. There's a box and everything. And then there's six outfield players, uh, two 25 minute halves. I thought, you know what? I'll just make sure I'll keep it keep it easy. I'll come out when I need to come out. I just won't make too many runs. I'll, you know, just kind of keep this first game as a warm up. And I think I did a pretty good job of that. Um, I definitely, in hindsight, could have gone a little bit lighter because um, I am feeling it today. Whoa! Uh, and even even um, even during the second game, our actual game, um, I could tell because the, I wasn't the only one from our team that did that. So there was about half of our team. We only had one sub for our actual game. Wow. So about half of our team played in that first game as well. And so towards the end, like we went up first, uh, it was nil nil at halftime. Um, I started in the back. We played a two, three, one, the whole game. Um, I started in the back um, and played a, almost, I would say probably 75, 50 to 75% of that first half. Um, and, uh, kept it nil nil. And then, uh, I actually started on the bench. I was like, I can't go back in. I need to start on the bench the second half. Um, and we ended up scoring while I was on the Mm. bench. I was like, great. Um, and then, um, that second half, we just, we were all too tired and they, they were able to sneak in a couple in on us and, uh, it's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm tr- I'm going to I'm trying to I'm trying to treat this league this season because uh, it's just a wind a winter league. So it's I think it's probably going to be shorter than like the spring or the fall, mm. but maybe not. They might they might all be this short. Um, so I'm trying to keep this one um, as like just getting back into it, trying to figure things out, getting my coordination back, um, my positioning, you know, passing, just kind of like basic stuff. And I, I texted my brother when I was going up there. So shout out to Eli. I was like, Hey, I'm about to go play my, 
my first game uh and he was like just uh let me let me actually read the text um he said <clears throat> he said good luck focus on the simple things and just think about what what coach andy would say and coach andy was our um our uh our british coach at tennessee united uh we nice. both had him we both had him which was interesting and so uh yeah tried to tried to focus on the simple things but when you are exhausted, it's it's very hard to do those things. Mm. Uh, like simple positioning and like staying where you're supposed to is so difficult. So um, yeah, it's no surprise that um, our team was so exhausted and then just let in a couple goals. The other team didn't have anybody play in that first game. So wow. I don't know. I think that's kind of annoying because um, – I don't know. It was maybe strategic on their part, but whatever. You got to help out the league, right? Yeah. What's your, what's your sense of the quality of the competition? Ooh, uh, relatively, I think it's going to be a very competitive league. Cool. Meaning all of the the quality is going to be really close. Also with, with it being, um, very small goals, there's going to be very, uh, low scores. Hmm. So it's harder to score. That makes it even more competitive. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun league. Uh, we lost two to one. Um, the game that we played in, it was one nil. And that was with a team that had been that is had been ex- in existence already and played several seasons together and uh, like just random people. So that was only one nil. The game after us was like two to one or something like that. So, wow. like, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a fun league. I'm really excited about it. Nice. Yeah, I've been thinking about that because I, I'm considering signing up for a spring league here um, when the spring rolls around. Because when I was in Salt Lake City for Christmas, um, we went to the whole family went to my older brother's indoor game because he had a Whoa. game while we were all there. And so he's playing in an indoor league and he plays keeper. Um, oh, and it wow. just looked like so much fun. I just oh, you, really want to You have to, be out to. There. do whatever you can to play. Like, yeah, uh, it is so worth it. Um, I forgot how much how much I loved playing. It's oh, I haven't played in like five years. Um, wow, five yeah, about five years. And man, it is so much fun. Um, it's so much fun, and it 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 helps that I had been running up leading up to it. I'm not starting from scratch necessarily, even yeah. though I'm still incredibly sore because you can only prepare so much for like playing a sport right. um, without actually practicing the sport. Um, and so, like, so many muscles are sore, but um, it's so much fun when I felt like I had a decent amount of endurance, and so I could still uh, think straight. Hmm. Um, rather than just like focusing. And then when I would come off, I really felt it. I'd be like, oh, I can't, can't do anything. And I'd go back in and try to do whatever I could. But yeah, do whatever you can, man. It's so much fun. Uh, oh, I'm wow. so excited. I, I hope like, that's a, I hope that's I never, a I never want to not be in a league is what I'm trying to get at. At awesome. this point in my life, I like, I don't have very many like playing years left considerably, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I can play when I'm like 45, but is it going to be that much fun? I don't know. I, Who knows? I don't know if I stay in shape, maybe I'll be able to run quite a bit, but like, I don't know. I don't have like that many, that many years left um, with it being like decently competitive yeah. um, and pretty fun. So I want to try to play in as many seasons as possible. Um, nice. 
And I, yeah, you should definitely do it. I would love to hear about it. I hope that's a theme of the the spring uh, season of Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast is we spend most of the time just talking about the weekends, the weekends, seven aside games. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, it could be all, all its own segment oh. every week. Um, man, well, speaking of segments, uh, listeners, uh, we have two segments for you today. Um, the first is a quick uh, projection exercise in which we think about um, what are the trends coming up for the year 2023. So we're going to do a little um, outs and ins of 2023, the things that are going to be out and the things that are going to be in. Um, and I don't know about you, Evan, but I kind of took that pretty capaciously. I wasn't, I was like, You'll have to explain that word to me. Oh, just like <laughs> all, all things, all things were viable for out, were, uh, you know, on the table for out. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah. So that'll be pretty interesting to hear because I haven't heard Evanson. I don't think he's heard mine. I know he hasn't heard mine. So um, that'll be fun. And then we're going to mention a couple things that have caught our eye over the past, I think, two, almost three game weeks since the World Cup finished. Um, so we've had... I think we've got one more game this game week, which is the second Chelsea game, the Chelsea Fulham game. It's I think. so dumb that they did it that way, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's like a full week after the And last one game. day, literally one day before the yeah. next game's next game week starts. Like it's like Thursday ends the game week, Friday. Like, why didn't you just put that in the whatever? It's just the FA Cup, I think, mainly that's giving everybody trouble, but no, but I don't understand why they didn't just consider the Chelsea Fulham game part of the next game week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Makes no I think, sense. Well, I think Chelsea might... Does Chelsea have another double game week coming up? They've got... Oh, maybe they do. Uh, well, maybe not that's... this week. Not this oh. week, but they have another one coming up, I think. Or maybe they do. Yeah. Let's see. I know City does. Okay, so it doesn't look like Chelsea does. But City does. And Spurs. Man, Man United, Spurs... And Crystal Palace all have double game weeks this week. Man, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we're able to sneak this in because, um, yeah, it's about to get a little, about to get a little wild. So it will be nice to kind of take a look at the what two game weeks was it or three, basically three, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically three because everyone's played three games at this point since the yeah. World Cup. So um, yeah, it'll be nice to kind of talk about some some things that we've noticed from, from those results um, and kind of help guide us into these, these crazy double game week fixtures. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, without any further ado, let's talk about our um, outs and ins for the, um, the 2023 season. Uh, Evan, I'm do you so want excited. To, do you want no, to start no, no, no. I want you, you to kick us off. I want you to, this was, oh. uh, this was Taylor's idea and I'm fully on board with it, but I want Taylor to start it off because I know that you're going to, you have you had some great ones in our uh that in, was so uh, much fun. Other I, discussion. Yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed doing that quite a lot. Yeah, you have some good ones. I've heard some just other general trends from Taylor uh for, for just in general about anything, but um Taylor's very good at predicting outs and ends, I will say. All right, so here's my first one. Out playing one position in is positional versatility. <laughs> okay, nice. I think- I think this year will be the year of the wing back who plays on the right and the left. It'll be the year of the, um, you know, granite Jackas of the world who move from yeah. defensive midfielder to attacking midfielder. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, it'll be the year of Marcus Rashford maybe moving to like number like a nine basically for Man United, like these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I think that is going to be a theme of 2023 is people shifting positions and that being one of the like real hallmarks of a good player in 2023 is someone who can play multiple positions. And, and I think also it'll start to be valued a little bit more in the transfer market too. It's already Mm. started to be that way, but I think even more so it'll become like a bullet point of like in this player's favor that they can play two or three different positions on the field. Yeah. Even um, like even last year, last summer, I remember hearing like, Oh, we want we want an attacking player that can play any of the front three positions yeah. if you're playing a front three. And like that's kind of like three, what three. a what a Cody yeah. Gakpo is supposed to be for Liverpool. Right. He's yeah. supposed to be that kind of player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean Liverpool have several of those, honestly. Yeah. They have uh Luis Luis Diaz. They have although I don't know if he can play in the center, he might be able to. Um, same with Gakpo and same with uh Diogo Jota. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that that is going to be more of a theme. I can definitely see that being more of a theme, um, moving backwards into like the midfield and defense, having being able to chop and change with um, with your formations and players, depending on who you have and who you don't, yeah. will be incredibly, incredibly um, valued, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. But right. I I want to piggyback off that because you mentioned wing backs. Um, okay. I don't have I don't have this isn't a pair, but I'm gonna say actually wing backs are out. Oh, I have the same thing. Do you really? All yeah, right, talk to me about it. Okay. So this might be more of a this one might be more of a personal one rather than like what I actually think might happen. This might be what I want to happen. I'm just tired of what is a wing back? Come on. We just we just threw out that term. And there is no such thing. Like, oh yes, you are a midfielder on the wing, or you are a defender. I don't care. Like, you can be that, um, because in any, because the way I see it, you are either a a, a right or left back that is playing advanced and then dropping back to play defense, or the inverse, right? Yes. Why do we need this other weird position that is like in between the defense and the midfield that is all the way on the outsides? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It almost feels it almost feels like it has thrown off how people even judge formations because I know anytime there's like for Everton, if there's like a back five or a back three, like no one knows like what exactly it is. Like, are we yeah. playing with a back five? I personally think if we have if we have defenders that are playing quote unquote wing backs, it's a five, three, two, or whatever the rest of it is. Right. It's a back five. It's not a back three. It's a back five because that's how I see it. I just think that, but I, but other people don't. And I think yeah. that's the problem with wing backs is like, wh- what else are you going to say? So let's say it's a five, three, two. Technically it's not, it's not a five, three, two or a three, five, two. It's a three, two, three, two, because you got wing backs that are in between them. It's like, I don't like that. Yeah. Come, get out of here. Get out of here. You're not a wingback. That's not a thing anymore. We're done yes. with it. It's not. It's not clever. It's not cute anymore. The trend is over. It's over. Oh, Evan, I'm so on board with this, um, and I'm so glad that we have the same one. I just I had mine as a pairing of wingbacks out, center backs in. I think big year for the center back, the Sven Botmans of the world, yeah. the Kaladu Kulabalis of the world. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm totally on board with the both the the like 
Yeah, because because I hadn't thought about it this way, but you're totally right that it like psychs people out tactically. Like it makes people overthink what's happening. Oh yes, yeah. of that because just because of that term and the way people talk about or use that term makes it seem much more complicated than I think it is. Well, so why do you think it's going to be out then? Uh, do you um, think it's just not going to be utilized as much? Yeah, I think it's not going to be utilized as much. I think we're going to see more. It's more going to be like true attacking wingers or true defensive backs like or or reverting back to like a classic 4-3-3 like when liverpool was so dominant a few years ago they had a 4-3-3 everyone knew it was a Mm 4-3-3 and yet they didn't call um alexander arnold and trent uh and andrew robertson yeah wing backs right they're right backs and left backs right they they were playing high at the pitch like all of a sudden, when you throw in like that third center back, it's no longer a it's not a back five. It's some sort of like weird thing with wing backs. Like, I yeah, get out of here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Great one. Um, OK, so my next one is kind of a is this is about as big as it gets as broad as it gets. OK, wow. I think out goals in <laughs> assists. <laughs> I think also also <laughs> I'm just thinking about goals out as in very literal like you can't score a goal and it be out it's in the goal like it's a goal that's in the goal it can't be out you know what I mean um yeah. so you're saying goals will be less favored and assists will be more favored yes I'm way. saying goal goal scoring is out goal scoring is not cool goal scoring is not interesting Holland Assist, assisting did it. Holland came. Exactly. He did it. He it's fine. He's I honestly he's a data point. It's like I think Holland ruined goal scoring or is currently ruining goal scoring. And yes, he is. You you know what? You're right. And it's and he's making it that such that the interesting thing is not the person who's putting it in the back of the goal, because most of the time he's like, you know, tapping it in from six feet away. And albeit those are pretty interesting. But what's really interesting is seeing the people put him in that position. And even he, like City is the best about this, is like, you know, going and celebrating with the person who assisted rather than the person who scored. And I think that's going to become more of a thing. We're going to start to think more about um, in terms of like their their um, uh, their stardom assisters as opposed to goal scores. That's interesting. So was it the Holland thing that led you to that? Because I was actually going to ask if it was the rise of Odegaard. Um, he was another. I thought yeah, about it. He's, yeah. he's been he's been um, really showing himself this season. And especially as of late, I was listening to a podcast today and they brought him up and um, it had me thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, he's like kind of stepping into. Um, and I didn't have this as an in or anything, but I do think that there's um going to be maybe kind of with the assists and with kind of like the playmaking that leads up to a goal more of an emphasis on maybe not necessarily a number 10 but like some sort of like playmaker like it used to be De Bruyne but now you've got um you know Bruno Fernandez now that Ronaldo's gone can kind of step back into that and be a little bit more of like what he usually does um, you've got Odegaard that's yeah. kind of stepping into that role at Arsenal. And um, I think we've missed that ever since kind of Ericsson left Spurs. Um, there haven't been that many. There's been De Bruyne, but City is such an amalgamation of players and formations that it, 
he's he I feel like he's asked to do different things sometimes. He's not always just like this, he's not always like the center of yeah. the thing, you know. So I think we will have a little bit more of that and focus on the the lead up to the goal is is gonna be more fun to watch than the actual goal itself. Totally. Yeah, I get that. I get that. All right. Let me I gave you an out one. Uh so let me give you an in. Okay. <laughs> this one. <laughs> you said uh what did you say capacious uh yeah everything capacious. everything is on the table yeah i'm gonna say charismatic refs are oh, in yeah. baby they're in amazing talk to um, me um all right so <laughs> i actually i actually kind of think um and i think this maybe had to do with the world cup because there were some moments in the world cup where the refs like kind of did something that people were like it was almost like an entertainment type of thing. Yes. I think I think that will become more of a thing this year. I think we'll see more of that, kind of an extension from the World Cup even. But but I'll give you a little twist. I think that it will happen and then the Premier League England will not like it. Mm. <laughs> like uh like the fans will be like no, we don't like this. Get back to your boring stuff so we can like hate you instead of yeah. like trying to like don't don't be our friend, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I see this arc going. I see it becoming, uh, at some point it's going to catch on and they're all going to be, they're going to be kind of doing these like charismatic, funny things. And then, um, and then it, the premier league fans will be, the English fans will be like, we don't want that. Yeah. Cut it out. No, totally. And I think to your point in the world cup, the, the, um, refs had their names on the back of their, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but they're really yeah, small. Re- 2023, the year of the ref personality. Yeah, exactly. The Mike, more Mike Deans. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I love man, Mike Dean was. So they're going to be yeah, they're going to be filling his the, that gap that he yeah. left right because he doesn't ref anymore, right? Which is interesting. Uh, no, he doesn't ref anymore. Which is interesting. Uh, combined, thinking about this combined with the um, uh, my read my visual read of the new ref, like this year's ref outfit, which is very like priest-like. Um, <laughs> there's, there's yeah. like, Cause that's like a kind of like, okay. Uh, it's, it's like giving a kind of like reserved, like um, clerical um, vibe, but then to <laughs> yeah. have that visual with someone who is maybe a little bit more uh, flamboyant in the way that they do things is hilarious. It um, almost is like campy. It is almost like, um, and I have not seen this movie fully. I've seen clips, and it's been a very long time. Um, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, Sister Act. <laughs> it makes me think of Sister Act. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. That's wow. great. Uh, great yeah. Get in. Get in. Uh, okay. Um, my. Next one is going to be um, out are um, uh, wispy center midfielders and in are enforcers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see more crunching tackles in the midfield this year. Ooh, uh, more wow. more uh, Pierre Emile Hoiberg, more Tyler Adams, more, more beef boys, more beefy boys in the midfield who are just interested in breaking down play. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see your kind of like, you know, wayfish 
15 year old who's just getting his first start for Chelsea or something like that. No, thank you. Yeah. Like, uh, Oh, um, Oh, I'm thinking of a Spurs midfielder, Oliver skip when he oh, first yeah. came on the scene. <laughs> that is who you're thinking about. Yes. Now I think now frail, I think he's frail kind of as a, as a, as a puff of wind, I think he's kind of bulked up a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, last time I saw him, um, so I think, I think you're right. It It is nice to get a little bit physical in the midfield. Yeah. Um, I will uh, uh, shout out to an Everton midfielder, Amadou Onana, mm. um, who I think is, um, uh, can definitely do that. Um, can definitely kind of break up play. He's got, he's, he loves getting on the floor, uh, loves making tackles. Um, and for some reason, all the commentators want to call him Andre and I don't know why. <laughs> I think I've heard it multiple times. Andre Onana. We don't have an Andre in our team anymore. There's Whoa. no Andre. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that. I think, I think kind of on, on the back of this, maybe this is also a big year for slide tackles too. Ooh, slide tackles. Yeah. Maybe I slide see tackles this being are a big in. year, a big year for slide tackles. Yeah. I could see that too. I, I will tell you one thing. This is, he's not a central midfielder, but whenever I see him, his, uh, his like, demeanor and look just screams like you know 16 year old getting his first start who doesn't really know his way around the field is um brian hill for uh for (laughs) spurs like he looks so just like lost on the field visually when he plays it's so funny (laughs) he's got that like big moppy haircut and i don't know it's funny (laughs) i want i want less brian hill and i want more Hoiberg more Hoiberg yeah totally nice um or even Joey Lintons oh yeah oh yeah love that guy (laughs) as of as of the last year I love that guy all right Uh, I'm gonna give you another out these these are a very specific perfect um specific people actually oh good we got (laughs) Frank Lampard David Moyes and Ivan Tony. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. As in, as in, you're predi- predicting that they will be out. They will be out. Ever- Everton fans are calling. Everton fans will be calling. Frank, actually, there's more caveat to it, but I think Frank Lampard is gone. I think David Moyes is gone. They're both looking for a job. Yeah. Um, and Ivan Tony gets banned. I think. So I think. You're I think right all, three all three of those are. They're when how soon do you backs. think Frank Lampard and David Moyes will be out? Man, I don't know. <laughs> uh within a month, easy. Really? That's probably too easy. Yeah. That's probably too easy. I think both of them are gone in a month. Yeah. I mean, it my sense I, I could be wrong. I would my say I would say that, within 2 weeks even. I was going to say my sense is that Frank Lampard could be gone next week. I don't want to get into this because <laughs> I've heard I've listened to so many podcasts, it's so depressing. But um <laughs> I've listened to so many Everton podcasts. You have you have multiple times on this very podcast voiced your support for Frank Lampard. Yeah. And I'm not calling you I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying it's sad yeah. to see the fall from grace. Uh well, okay. So I still support him in some ways. I think he's gotten the the bad end of the deal. I don't think it's necessarily his fault that he's got to go, but I think he's going to go. Hmm. Um, ideal. So this, 
this whole thing about, I don't know if y'all saw on the discord, but um, this whole thing about there's talk about the Everton board going to, they're going to discuss Frank's future after the Man United game. Right. We lost. Right. Uh, Although we played decent, we still lost. And so then everyone was like, okay, now what? That was like the most, like, there was, it wasn't like we played super well. It wasn't like we played super poorly. There was no obvious outcome. We never heard anything from the board. So we're like, okay, well, I guess the board's not going to like make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they came out today and said, actually, we're going to wait until the Southampton game. You're like, what? What is going on? And so I think the, what my frustration is, is the board, the owner, um, the chairman, uh, both need to go. Um, it's time to just completely redo that entire thing. Um, ideally, that would happen like now if there was someone that could buy them out. Do it now. Keep Frank there. Buy him out and see if we can get something through in January. And if results haven't turned by the end of January, Frank's gone. Hmm. So that's that's how that's what I would want to happen. But I think the board, Everton's board of directors, is just so um clueless it's just such a mess right now that mm. i think that there there's no one else that they can blame at this point so that like the only thing that they can do is sack him and get someone else and hope that they stay in the league yeah so i think do you have the sense because my sense from the outside looking in was that the one that really did it was, was right that's what i was gonna say the Brighton yeah, yeah. Game. oh yeah because that's i think game. if any i think if any if our board was competent he would have been gone immediately. Hmm. But well, I say that um, we had the Manchester United game like a few days after that. So I think the decision to sack him would have been right after the Brighton game. They may not have done it until after the Man United game because we have a break until Southampton. But right. um, yeah, it was definitely the Brighton game that was like that one is the one that felt like, oh, you've lost it. You've yeah. lost it. Yeah. But I would have to say. if. They lose to Southampton. Southampton, he's gone. He's gone. Absolutely, because Southampton's 100%. bottom of the table, right? Yes, he will absolutely be gone if they lose. I just don't know that we will lose. <laughs> right. It will be very. It, it becomes. Be, it almost becomes more complicated if you win. Oh yeah, I know, and I, that's why I think we'll win because it's going to be complicated. <laughs> like it's going to be like the board is going to be put in positions where they have to make a decision based off of like. Like it's like a, a middle of the road type of thing, and like, and they're not they're not ruthless enough to do it. Yeah. So it's just going to be a disaster. Oh man, I'm sorry. That sucks. <clears throat> yeah, no, it really sucks. But um, oh well. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. You heard it, you heard it here, not first, but you heard it here first. emphatically. I, it is yeah. interesting in your list of outs that you didn't include someone like Jesse Marsh. Oh yeah, no, Maybe. I think it'll be fine. Really. Yeah, he seems. I, I almost, I um, I thought about putting Potter in there, but that's the real, the that's sa- the real rub, isn't it? The saving grace is that they have a new owner, and yeah. because the new owner came in, I think the, I think Todd Bowley stepped in, and then Potter came in, right? Uh, yeah, it was yeah, around yeah. the same time. It basically yeah, yeah. felt like it basically felt like that was the new regime. And so yeah. I think, I think they are going to want to keep him around, keep Potter around, let it build up kind of like Arteta. And I do was going to say, thing. how can you be a manager? I get that there's like, you know, financial ramifications to lo- like losing a series of games in a row, 
or not finishing in the Champions League or whatever. But like, how can you be a manager and look at what's happening at Arsenal and not be more willing to stick with a manager like Graham Potter, at least to like see what he can build yeah. over the course of a season or a season and a half. It just exactly it's it would be mind blowing to me that if they sacked Graham Potter. And it would be a reflection of not Graham Potter's poor coaching i think it would be more reflection on a poor really poor decision by chelsea but the thing is i think some people would recognize that but i think in general um i think people would initially judge it on potter's poor performance in this first season i think too many people would put would put it on that actually yeah um although with arteta i do think arteta which honestly is I mean, props to Arsenal for doing this. Like seriously, incredible. Like maybe the best, the best, like, yeah, the most forward thinking series of decisions in the last like five years have been their decisions to keep because they were just on a decline. Like they were just it just felt like they were a mess the last like couple seasons that Wenger was in, and um, and then they went through Unai Emery and someone else, maybe, and then him. Or maybe it I was think, just Unai Emery. I think it's just Unai Emery. Yeah, and but but he didn't start out great. Like no. I don't know. He had like almost great. a full season of being bad. Yeah, yeah. So props to them. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about uh, Moyes or Tony? I mean, the, I think those are pretty straightforward too. Yeah, Tony's obviously getting banned. Yeah, I, I hope so. it's not for very long, just because I want him to play. But yeah, um, I agree. And it's and there's worse scary. things to get banned for. Right, yeah. Like there are there have been people that have not been banned for very long for worse things. And it's gonna be exactly. a shame if it's like just this one thing is I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does it, it does seem like the kind of FA has is like really trying to clamp down on on the kind of insider betting thing. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a little bit of a of a poster child for that. And it was, it is a shame because it was at a time when he was being talked about as yeah. maybe getting like a really big move somewhere. Um, yeah, I could easily see him getting a big move this summer. If that cloud isn't hanging over him. Right. Like, but, but I mean, like, or even, even in January. Yeah. There were, there were talks of him going to Man United or something because they're looking for yeah. a number nine right That's now. That's true. Um, and I don't, wow. I don't think that happens now. Yeah. At all. No, United's um, actually looking at, uh, wait. Did I see a rumor about, them looking at somebody i can't remember i feel like i've heard I saw a lot a... of rumors recently <laughs> i think i, I saw a rumor for them going after someone i don't remember if it was a number nine or not um, um it also could have been in just a complete like c-tier rumor who knows yeah i was just reading about um who was it Zhao felix to someone Ooh. i think it was arsenal actually which would be interesting because he's kind of a martin odegaard hmm. type um interesting that would be very interesting. I wonder if he would replace like what Jaka is doing. I think probably, honestly, and maybe you think they it would be like they... Odegaard, Odegaard, Felix, and then Partey behind. Yeah, I don't. Know. I think that maybe feels... they move. They move Jaka. Either they move him back, or they bench him, and he becomes like the sub for Partey. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know if it's going to happen. I just saw the, saw the All right, you, name mentioned. Uh, you got another in and out? Yeah, I, I got, got my last more. I've got a last one. So here, um, here. I want to save you for last. I'll uh, okay, sure. I think um, this is maybe some, I don't know if I, I'm coining this term right now or not. Um, 
but I think you'll, I may have to explain. Uh, performance enhancing plants are okay. in, baby. They're in. Performance enhancing plants. You're going to have to explain this to me. All right. Before I do that, I will say it's very fun to say that in a British accent. And I think it's, um, I looked up British accents. I think it's the, is it RP? Um, I think it's RP, which is kind of like a very standard. Oh, is that like the BBC not a, not a standard type? British? I don't want to say it's like the BBC type. Yeah, um, like performance enhancing plants, <laughs> performance enhancing, performance enhancing plants, performance enhancing plants, it's performance enhancing plants. Isn't it? Um, it's so much fun to say. I was saying that over and over. Uh, I think performance enhancing plants are going to make a big uh, a big statement in football in world football this year um, because it really only takes like one per. I think what happens is. Um, I think people are using, um, it wouldn't surprise me if like functional mushrooms, functional mushrooms are a big thing right now. Yeah. Um, microdosing and, uh, not even microdosing. I'm talking about like regular mushrooms, mm. um, for like energy for, uh, the, there's, there's so many, there's like cordyceps, there's reishi, there's uh lion's mane, there's turkey mm. tail, there's chaga. There's so many mushrooms that are, um, kind of it's becoming a thing so um i don't know i i think i see that trend continuing in general and i think it makes its way into sports yeah um and specifically i think it will i think that that's probably already happening it wouldn't surprise me i think yeah. that it will become like kind of like a news story yeah um, that you know jack jack Grealish is drinking his like reishi tea before the game Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even, even to go a step further, I don't know if you kept up with the NFL, but, um, Aaron Rodgers came out and said like, Hey, I went on an ayahuasca retreat in like Mm. South America. And, uh, and it was, and he was like, Oh, it was great. It it, like really helped me a lot. I think that kind of stuff just kind of like, uh, utilizing these things rather than going to like performance enhancing drugs, it'll be performance enhancing plants. Okay, um, who is the Premier League player most likely to to reveal in an interview that he went on an ayahuasca retreat recently? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I was gonna I thought you were gonna ask who's like using like the functional mushroom tea. It's definitely not Jack Grealish. Um <laughs> yeah, I know you used him as an example, but I can't see him doing that. Yeah. I could see him maybe going on an ayahuasca retreat though. Maybe um the mo the um Who's most likely to do that? Honestly, it's probably not a player. It's probably Pep. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent done it. <laughs> Pep's doing Pep's doing some crazy stuff. You know, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna go on some, uh, and it may not even be well. Pep, couldn't, Pep has gonna, been on. I will say Pep has been on at least two vision quests. <laughs> I don't even know what a vision quest is, but he's definitely been on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I definitely think Pep. Um, would go on a retreat like that. Um, I can't think of any players. Let's, uh, oh man, the, this is honestly. One. I feel like maybe a honestly like Virgil Van Dyke. I could see Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I could. I could especially because totally he's that. from the Netherlands. Like, there's some drugs that are legal over there that he's probably more familiar with, and like you know, and like he probably has like is around him more. Like he's more comfortable with those. I bet he would do something like that. Um, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Now. What if I I would love for it to be someone like Ederson, <laughs> just like a big hard looking guy, or um 
Yeah, I was actually thinking maybe like a goalie. Um, yeah. Maybe to like, like on a meditation retreat to like calm their mind and keep them like very, like, you know, keep them yeah. very um, in flow state. Surprise, surprise twist. It's Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> he needs it. He needs it for sure. After blowing up against his Belgian teammates, yeah. geez, he could use some. Uh, he could use some meditation in his life and oh chill out a little bit. No, I love that. Um, I love. I I like the, the or 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 even like oh, you know what? You know what's another one is uh, same vein but breath work. Like mm, oh uh, yeah, that that type of thing. Yoga, a lot of breath even, work like, talk. A lot of breath work talk. That that sort of genre is going to come out. I think just like uh, yeah, I think. That's a that's so good. Yeah, not just like kind of mushrooms of different sorts, but like just yeah. kind of holistic medicinal yes. practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. Holistic medicinal practices. Yeah, I a- love that. I really hope that's the case. Oh man, I think it, I, I think it's only a matter of time. Um, yeah, it's just whether or not it'll be this year. I don't know. Yeah, because it's like the perfect concoction, right? It's like yeah. people who who need who are trying to get any kind of advantage they can. They have the money to pay for anything they want yeah. or need. Um, and they have a lot of time to research. Now, I will say, I did think about this and I was like, what are the chances that it doesn't happen? And I think that there is one. I do think it may be. I think the older players tend to gravitate to this more because oh. they're relying less on their youth and their vitality. And like they're trying to maybe extend their career a little bit and try to use whatever they can to maybe um, – enjoy the rest of their playing days and try to get as much out of it as they can. Whereas the younger ones are a little bit more immature. They're still like drinking, they're partying hard. They don't really care about that stuff. Yeah. Um, whereas the older ones are going to be a little bit more mature. They're going to take care of their bodies. They're going to be wanting to figure out ways to, um, yeah, to, to use like these natural remedies to, um, to maybe perform a little bit better on the field or yeah. make their, make their life a little bit better even. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, uh, what you were saying, I totally agree with. And it made me think that a hundred percent, the number one player who will be first to come out and say, this is Luka Modric. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Cause he like, he, he's still going strong, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, yeah I've been, I've it's, yeah, at the end of his career, they're going to be like, "How are you doing?" He's like thirty nine years old, forty yeah. years old. You're still going strong. You're like, you're competing with like Ballon d'Or winners. And like, how are you yeah. doing this? Oh, I've just been Still drinking this mushroom tea. I've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking my. I've been eating these. This. Uh, I've been foraging my own mushrooms and eating them for like twenty oh, years. And uh, yeah, I love that's that. it. <laughs> wow, that's such a good one. Um. Okay, my my last one. I actually now have two because you you oh, were okay. you were. Um, uh, discussion made me think of them. Another one. Uh, the first one. I think this is probably pretty obvious, but out penalty takers and in are penalty stoppers. Yeah, I think it's all about the keepers this year. Um, I think that, that you don't get any kudos for a good penalty taken. No, it's just you know you're expected to do it. There's no upside, and uh, it will be a big year for keepers stopping penalties. Love that. That's um, obviously that just, influenced quite a lot by the World Cup, but it just feels yeah. right. But that does remind me, I think Tifo um, came out with a video last year about how penalties are overpowered in a sense. And that oh. um, and that it's like too easy for, for penalty takers to score. Um, and so that kind of like lines up right with what you're saying. And like, yeah, we need to like realize that 
and when someone saves a penalty, like that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. And then my last prediction, this is not an in or an out. This is just a prediction. Ooh. Um, and it's more of a serious prediction, but I think it will happen. I think um, we will have a very high profile soccer player come out as queer. Oh, I don't know who it is, but oh. I think I think that'll happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it will happen eventually. Yeah. Um, I think it'll happen this year. You think it'll happen this year? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah and yeah. I think it'll be someone big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, because we've had at least one. There's been at least one in the English. Uh, right, guess, but that's like F, League the FA, 2 or something. But it was, like, it was like, yeah, someone in like League 2. I think you're right. It will be. I think this year might be the year that it, it happens, yeah. I mean, the every year, the chances are more and more likely, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a very... That's a very big prediction. We'll see if that is one where we can actually, as, as opposed to all the, like the ins and outs, <laughs> that, that we can, we'll actually know. We can maybe verify your uh, your mushroom tea one a little the bit. The holistic if, mushroom if someone, one. If someone, if someone writes a story about it, people start talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just think that it would be like something in the Guardian or something. Yeah. Um, speaking, day. going back to that, my brother got me mud water for Christmas. Mud water. It's like um. It's like a. It's a functional mushroom tea. It's like ground up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually doing that right now. Um, It's kind of like mushroomy. I've been drinking it. I've been mixing it with another drink. Um, You still get that flavor, but I've only been drinking it for a couple of weeks. So (laughs) I'm going to be the one that outs it when I'm playing in my soccer (laughs) league. And everyone's like, how are you so good? (laughs) Uh, Wow. No one's going to say that, but. Uh, they're going to be like, how are you, how are you running for days or whatever, you know? And I'm like, well, mud water. How do you, how do you feel being on mud water? Uh, I feel pretty much normal. Um, I think from what I understand, it usually takes like two to three weeks for Mm -hmm. those types of supplements to really, you start to feel the effects of them. So I think my goal is to kind of wean off of caffeine as much as possible. So I think this week, um, it's been two weeks since I started drinking it. Um, and, uh, so I'm gonna, I think maybe tomorrow even try to have just that in the morning and see how it feels. Whoa. Um, so Wait, what I'm is not, your current, what is your current caffeine intake? So, uh, since, since Christmas, basically, um, uh, ever since I got the mud water, I've been doing one cup of black tea in the morning and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, now occasionally when I feel, um, pretty like sleepy or if, if I didn't get good sleep the next day, like I'll drink like something in the afternoon or like uh, another cup of coffee, uh, another cup of, uh, tea. I usually don't, I don't drink coffee. Um, so yeah, I usually drink like another cup of black tea or maybe matcha or a green tea or something else that has a little bit of caffeine. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to try to wean off of it and see if I can do just the that just the mud water actually wow. um and see if Amazing. that works yeah we'll i see. would love to know how this goes for you yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna see if it works um uh, yeah i've been kind of toying around with it i i'm gonna try to not be so um like black or white about it i'm not gonna be like if it doesn't work i'm just gonna write it off completely yeah um, because i think uh, i'm gonna need caffeine some days i think it's just gonna happen yeah. um but if i could limit it to some degree, um, and not have to rely on it, um, and see how I feel if I can cut caffeine out 
maybe for the next couple of weeks, if I could maybe try to do no caffeine and only the mud water um, and see if it, and that way I can gauge whether or not it's going to be something that I can rely on pretty heavily for that. Uh, or if it's something that, you know, at the end of the month, I'll be able to tell if I'm going to need to drink caffeine every day or if that will be enough. So nice. Yeah. So a little personal, a little personal, um, a little health regimen talk. Well, yeah, but a little personal, uh, personal stakes in that one. Oh the yeah. Medicinal one, you know, <laughs> I need this. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> I need this to come true. So we'll uh, amazing. Well, um, the last thing on our docket of things to do is just to talk about a couple of trends that we've seen things that are kind of catching our eye from the past three or so game weeks. Um, and we don't have to have a lot of these because I don't have a lot of them. I don't really know that yeah. I have more than one or two. Um, but Evan, what's been kind of interesting to you or what are the storylines that you've been following with interest over the past couple of weeks? I think the biggest story arc that I was um, interested in other than Everton is um, Newcastle. Mm. And with such a long break, I was wondering if Newcastle and Almiron specifically him, but really Newcastle at large, we're going to be able to continue the path they were on before the world cup. Mm -hmm. And man, they are, they just keep doing it. Like they're just such a good team. Um, I think they've conceded the fewest goals in the league up to this point um, with like 11, like that's insane. Yeah. Um, So I, I don't know, like, I just think Newcastle are, um, here to stay. I think they will be competing for Champions League spot. Um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't get it. But um, I definitely think that they, I mean, they deserve to be in Europe regardless. Yeah. But um, I think they'll be competing for a Champions League spot for the top four. So, yeah, I just think that, I think that over the last three weeks, it's just kind of been the nail in the coffin. Like, yep, they're going to be up there for the rest of the season, I think. Um, Unless, you know, barring some like major, major injuries or something like that. um, I just think that they're just a very, very good team. And it's not just a flash in the pan or a hot streak. I think they're just, just, they're going to be real good. We'll see what they do next, next season, of course. But I think they're just going to be a really, really good team. Yeah, totally. And probably will be scoring a lot of goals too with Callum Wilson being back healthy. Um, Alexander Izak is now healthy again. Um, I personally hopped off the Almiron train um, fantasy Premier League wise, just because I felt like it was the right time and I wanted that spot for someone else. But I, I mean, he scored in the first game back, I think. And I don't know that he scored in the the two subsequent games, but um, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I think for I think for Almiron, it I think that was a hot streak more so than Newcastle being a hot right. streak. Yes, so totally. it wouldn't surprise me if he dips in form. Yeah, yeah. But it would surprise me if Newcastle dipped quite a bit in form. Yeah. Um, I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've been interested in is I think I think this might be the beginning of the end for Conte at Spurs. Spurs are really in a bad place, I think. Mm. And I don't Spicy think meatballs. I don't think that winning for nothing at Crystal Palace changes that fact. No, I um, don't think it does either because Everton won three 0 at yeah uh, against against Palace. So yeah, Crystal Palace has been very mercurial <laughs> this season, and um, yeah, you're you just as likely to catch them on a g- week where they're going to score three against you as you are you score three against them. But um, 
yeah, I just, I, it just doesn't, I don't see it getting much better for them. I don't, because he seems pretty inflexible tactically. He doesn't seem willing to change anything about what he's doing um, personnel wise either. Um, uh, you know, you've got the Richarlison injury. It just doesn't seem like a good spot. And I don't know. I think maybe it's best for them if he goes. Um, so that'll be, in, that's interesting to me. And it's been interesting to me for a couple of weeks now, just how, um, yeah, how they like navigate this like pretty bad patch of the season. I mean, that being said, yeah. they're still in, they're still in fifth. So it's not like dire, but it is notable. I think when other, when other yeah. teams around them are on the up and up, like United and um, people like that in Newcastle. Yeah, I can see that. I'm wondering, and I've not watched much Spurs this season. Um, part of me wants to give him a little bit of um, grace with the injuries to Richarlison and Kulisevsky hasn't played a ton this season. Mm-hmm. Who's, I mean, he's very, very good. Like, talk about one of the going back to one of your ends, like assists and playmakers and kind of the buildup. Like, he was very instrumental in, in getting Kane and Son to, to really uh, do their thing. Yeah. So I think him being hurt really helped, hurts him a lot. Um, but going back to another out, the wingback thing, it doesn't look like he will, like he always will play with wingbacks. And if if our trend is correct and wingbacks are out, then Conte's probably following suit, huh? Yeah. Their, their defensive is weird man it is so <laughs> they, weird how have they had such a weird defense for years i don't know all it's they like, have i don't know most other teams especially the big teams i i can kind of like think of here here's like their defensive identity or like here are some of the key linchpins of the defense even if it's just one player um yeah just not is for yeah it I don't know. Yeah, they've had such a weird time with defenders. And it seems like no matter like every transfer window goes by and they don't solve the problem. Yeah. Um and I know I know I'm pretty down. I'm not a big Christian Romero fan. And I know that other Spurs fans are a little bit more up on him. So maybe he's one that you could point to and be like, okay, there's that player is kind of a a pillar of our defense. But I don't know that that's enough. And I don't think that he is of a quality that you can build a defense around him. Maybe that's unfair, but. No, I don't think he's, he's not a Virgil van Dyke is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I don't think that's unfair at all. Um, and they don't really, ha- I, you know what, actually um, there, I think there was a time where they were decent and it was when, who were the two center backs that were there? It was a uh, Vertonghen and Al Alderweireld. Oh yeah, yeah. Toby. Those two center backs, yeah, Toby um, and Jan. Toby and Jan, um, they were good. I feel like they were like decent. Like you know that they were the linchpins for a while, even yeah. if they weren't like top, 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 top quality like Virgil yeah. and Dyke maybe. Um, I will say that you know that whenever I thought of Spurs, I thought of them. Yeah. Um, but now you don't really have those at all. Like I don't know, you don't really have anybody that is like, yeah, they're 
they're a starter and would start in most teams type of yeah. <laughs> type of players. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, we might be seeing the downfall of Spurs this season. Might fizzle out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it fizzled out and they they got rid of him in the summer though. Yeah, that's that's probably the most likely outcome. But I don't think they're making the Champions League this year. I don't. It doesn't seem. Yeah, to I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Um, another team I wanted to bring up um, was Bournemouth. Hmm. I think they are in the process of, and kind of already have reverted back to their mean. Hmm. Um, I think they have been uh, falling quite a bit. Uh, they've haven't, they haven't won a game since. I think they've lost every game since they've been back. They've been uh, shut out in their last three games. Yeah. They haven't scored a goal. Exactly. I I think that they will probably be in. I think at this point, I, I don't see them not getting relegated. I think they'd probably get relegated too. Um, for a while there, they were doing pretty decently because mm-hmm. Solanke was hurt, but then he came back. And then they kind of like put things together. But I don't think that they have quite enough. Um, so I think... They are, I think they will continue to fall quite a bit and then will probably um, have to fight for rel- uh, fight for fight against relegation um, towards the end of the season. And it wouldn't surprise me if they go down um, because they have a very bad net, uh, goal differential mm-hmm. and they've always had a bad goal differential. They just were able to win a, a couple games to kind of boost them up the table. And so I think their position in the table was very deceptive. And I think people are going to now start seeing. Yeah, th- this is not a very good team at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. There's one more that I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what it is. Oh, I just wanted to to point out because no one seems to be talking about it. The fact that Leicester are not good. <laughs> and especially... remember, they started very bad. Yeah, Remember? and then they got, and then James Madison got healthy and they got good again, and now James Madison is injured again and they're bad again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I know they're like fifteenth right now, thirteenth, so maybe they're safe. But even so, they have seventeen points, and Everton has fifteen, and they're in the relegation places. So thirteen is not any kind of guarantee of being safe. Seventeen. Yeah. Oh, 13th in the table is not. Yeah. They're 13th in the table. They have 17 yeah, points. I see. There's I see. only three points out of the relegation places. And yeah. so that is troubling. I don't think they'll be relegated, but it is. Um, that's just a weird club. It's such a strange club. Because they. Yeah, I hope they regain some kind of like. Like core to them because it doesn't seem like they've got that it like you could point to a couple players like harvey barnes is really fun to play Yuri telemans is or to watch play Yuri telemans is really good and will probably get a move at some point soon um and so they i think they have all the pieces and i just want to see some of those pieces fall into place because mm-hmm. i like i like watching their individual players yeah yeah they do have some individual players i think it's no surprise that I I guess we didn't really mention this, but this could be another out is Jamie Vardy. I think this is finally the season. We've been waiting for this to happen. You know, it's like every season we're like, ah, this is the end for Jamie Vardy. He's too old now. I can't do it. And and somehow he performs. But I think this season is finally it for him. Um, And it's, yeah, I think that they've kind of failed to 
capitalize off of the successes that they had previous seasons. Um, and they've not really replaced people. Um, yeah. it seems honestly, it seems like they've had Madison, Harvey Barnes, Tielemans, and Vardy. It seems like they've been relying on them for three seasons now. Like, why why haven't you like kind of mixed things up, brought someone else in? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they I think they're maybe if I were to compare compare them to someone like Brighton or those types of teams, they seem a little bit more like sentimental in their attachment to players. And like, I think a, a smarter club or a more analytically savvy club probably would have sold Yuri Tielemans already and would have sold James Madison already and reinvested that money in some younger talent. Um, yeah. And they and may even have sold Jamie. No, not really. I don't know. You could have expected someone to have sold Jamie Vardy. But yeah, it's just very interesting. Um, although big shout out to Evan Hare, who got a uh, Lester third jersey with Jamie Vardy number nine on it for Christmas. Whoa, um, that is. Um, wow, that's very nice. It looks that is a good. that is a that feels like um, that feels like the type of jersey that literally anybody can wear like oh, regardless yeah. of who you support imagine like imagine is, in that like is an iconic years jersey. rocking a jamie vardy jersey that would look so good that's an iconic jersey i think yeah yeah totally because <laughs> he's such a, it also helps that he's such a character as well yeah <laughs> you know he's very memorable uh, all right got any more i i don't i'm i am done i, I think. think my energy is spent <laughs> yeah my creativity is spent um well, I guess we'll stop it there, listeners. Um, it was so good to kind of get to talk after quite a while. It's the, our first pod of the new year, first pod post-World Cup. Um, and even though the games are coming thick and fast, um, uh, let's all try to hang on, stay along for the ride, and keep those uh, FPL teams updated. I'm looking at you, White Keener. Um, <laughs> Oh wow! We got uh, we're calling people out at the end of the podcast to, to see if they're still listening, huh? No call out, just a gentle nudge in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, because we want you to do well. We want, but you to not do well. and not as well as us. Exactly. <laughs> we, want <you> to... <laughs> we want we want us to win, but we want it to be interesting. Like uh, like a cat that's <laughs> like a cat that has um, caught a mouse but it's still barely alive. And we're like nudging it to like do something so I can catch you again. Exactly. That's yeah. what we want from you, Wyatt. So give <laughs> us that, please. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Anyway, uh, Evan, do you have anything else to say to our listeners? I don't uh, just know that we will be here for you. We will be here for you. I think <laughs> that's the best thing we can end on. All right. Uh, see you all later. Bye. <laughs>